Welcome to February, lovely listeners. Can you believe it? We are already in the second month of the year. Where has the time gone? I feel like January has kind of flown by. Even though I've been bringing this energy of ease to everything that I've been doing, as I spoke about in episode two of this season, I do feel like this month has kind of gone by in a blink. And here we are in February already, a new month. So we're leaving our theme of goal setting behind in January and what a month it has been. We have covered so much on the podcast this past month. We have looked at how we can set sustainable goals to help us keep our health and well-being cup topped up in a way that feels good for us this year. We have looked at how we can use our word of the year and discover what our word of the year will be and how we can use that to set intentional goals that we actually enjoy showing up to. We also spoke with life coach Laura Agulvid-Jones on the topic of getting clarity and direction to really reflect on what it is we want from life and what we want to be feeling and what we want our life to look like and using that clarity to help us set meaningful goals and also to reconnect with those goals when we face the challenges that this year will ultimately bring forward for us. And then last week we had an incredible conversation with the amazing Chloe Slade all around the practice of manifestation and how we can use that to bring intention to our goal setting, but also to dive into that relationship with ourselves, our self-image, and how we can build on the tool of self-awareness and how we bring that to our goal setting. And I think that the topic of last week's episode was the perfect transition into February and our new monthly theme. I really loved having last month all focus around a single theme so that each episode brings you a different perspective on a single topic or overarching theme. And so when I sat down, I thought about what could we bring to February, the obvious topic or theme that came up was the topic of relationships. I think that February can bring up a lot of feelings around the topic of relationships for all of us because it is obviously the month where Valentine's Day is and there is a lot of romanticism around relationships in February. So this month on the podcast, we are going to be focusing on relationships and we're going to be looking at it from a lot of different angles. But mostly what we're going to be focusing on is that relationship with self. So we're going to be building on that lovely work that we did with Chloe Slade last week and we're going to really be exploring this concept of how we can build on our own confidence, how we can work on self-awareness through mindfulness practices and how self-care can also play a role in that relationship with ourselves. Let's kick off our February theme of relationships by exploring mindfulness and how we can use it to help develop our self-awareness and move ourselves through difficult thoughts and feelings. (music) 
My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister. And each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm gonna teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together and with the right mindset we can face anything so let's dive right in because mindfulness is a big topic. I share a lot about mindfulness on um, my Instagram page, Laura Jane Illustrations, and I've also touched on it in quite a few episodes of the podcast so far because I am such an advocate of self-reflection and we can't really practice self-reflection without also practicing mindfulness. But mindfulness is a broad topic and while it does apply to this concept of self-reflection in terms of showing up to our journal and being mindful about how we're feeling, mindfulness is also a type of meditation or a practice that we can do in the moment when we don't have our journal to reach for. So it is a tool that we can have in our self-care kit to really help us lean into this self-compassion, something that many of us, myself included, struggle with showing ourselves. It's very easy to be self-compassionate towards yourself, I think, in hindsight, when you're looking back on a difficult moment that you've moved through and you've had the whole experience, you can bring a sort of mindfulness to it and see the bigger picture because you've already experienced everything and then show yourself the self-compassion because you can start to realize that certain things were out of your control and certain things came to pass and you moved through it the best that you could. But the practice of mindfulness in the moment allows us to show up with that same kind of self-compassion when we are experiencing uncomfortable feelings. You know that I don't like to label feelings good or bad or negative or positive. We have feelings that are more uncomfortable and enjoyable to experience. And then we have feelings that are less comfortable. They're more uncomfortable to experience. They're less enjoyable to experience. But they're part of our human experience as a whole. And negative thoughts and uncomfortable feelings are something that we can't avoid. They happen just in the same way that we can have all the best intentions towards our goal setting. We've done all of this wonderful work at the start of the year, but we can't predict the challenges that we are going to face. There are going to be bumps in the road along the way. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be so-called bad days. Again, I don't like to name a day a bad day or a good day. Uh, As I mentioned in a previous episode, myself and our partner, we like to call these kind of days character building days, which is a term that I believe was coined by a motivational speaker, Les Brown, which are those days that present us challenges. We call them character building days because when we can move through those days and bring an energy or awareness to them, um, this mindfulness to these kind of days, 
we can support ourselves, but we can also do as Laura Agulve-Jones taught us in her episode on getting clarity and resilience. We can look at the challenges in front of us. We can look at the mistakes that we've made or the things that haven't gone as planned, and we can learn from them. We can take something away to use towards our next steps or our next challenges to help us find direction. And so mindfulness kind of ties into all of this, all of those character building days that we're going to have this year, all of those mistakes that we're going to make or those things that aren't going to go according to plan are going to bring up those uncomfortable feelings for us and those unhelpful thought patterns that we fall into. And mindfulness can be that tool that we have in our self-care kit to bring out in those moments, to practice, to help us reconnect with what it is we really want or how we really want to be feeling so we can take what we're experiencing and start to redirect ourselves. So it's not about avoiding negative negative thoughts. It's not about avoiding those uncomfortable feelings. In fact, what we're going to learn today is that very often it's about leaning deeper into those thoughts and feelings so that we can unpick them and redirect ourselves towards that clarity. So first of all, let's define it because you know I love a good definition. What is mindfulness? Um, And again, this is, as I said, I talk about this a lot on social media and I see people having a lot of misconceptions around what mindfulness actually is. A lot of people assume that mindfulness is this overly complicated practice. And I think that comes from the fact that it has been a bit of a buzzword in past years, especially in terms of mindfulness at work, mindfulness in leadership, mindfulness in education. And so because it's been used in so many different contexts, I think that some of us have this idea that mindfulness is this really complicated practice that we have to work really hard at and that requires a lot of mental effort. Yes, we do have to work hard at it. And yes, it does require effort in terms of focus and thought, but it's not necessarily something big and complicated. So let's dive in with a definition. What actually is mindfulness? So the Oxford Dictionary defines mindfulness as a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. Let's break that down a little bit. So the first part of that definition that jumps out at me in terms of understanding what mindfulness really is, is that first sentence, focusing one's awareness on the present moment. If I had to break down what mindfulness is into one sentence to help you understand it, that is the key sentence here. It is simply a mental action, a thought process of connecting with the present moment, which sounds simple as a concept. It sounds overly simple. I've often talked about this um, on Instagram stories or shared it in the caption of a post about mindfulness. And that's something that comes up in conversation in comments is that it can't really be that simple just connecting with the present moment. Or there's also sometimes that resistance that I get from people that, you know, this is easier said than done. And yes, I will acknowledge that this is a practice. We talked about this when I really broke down self-care and and dove into that in a previous episode, this concept of a practice. Practice means repetition. Practice means 
trying and building on it and acknowledging that this isn't something we do once and it fixes everything or it is a quick fix but rather this is something that we bring into our routines or as I've already said that we add to our self-care toolkit that we bring out often and we practice because the more we practice it the more we're going to see the benefit of it for ourselves and for our relationship with ourselves. So it's a simple concept of just connecting with the present moment that we can build on as a practice or a well-being habit. Yes, it's about doing it regularly, but it's also about building that mental muscle of being able to notice when you're not doing it. So let me explain that a little bit clearer. If mindfulness is about connecting with the present moment, another aspect of mindfulness is being able to have the self-awareness to catch yourself in moments when you are not connected with the present moment. So you might think, well, how am I not connected with the present moment? I am living the present moment. We live in the present. How can we not be connected to it? But a very simple example of this is, um, and again, I've spoke about this very recently on Instagram. I shared a post of a mindful to-do list. And one of the things that really sparked conversation in the comments was one of the things that I suggested was to be more mindful, have at least one of your meals without looking at your phone or looking at a screen. When you think about that, you can compare those two situations. Eating a meal while looking at your phone or watching something on the TV or on Netflix versus eating a meal without any screens is a completely different experience. When you are looking at your phone or you're looking at a screen, you're actually distracting yourself from the present moment. You're not actually connecting with it. You are in a way numbing yourself and there can be a lot um, of deeply rooted feelings in this for a lot of people especially when it comes to meal times but when you take away those distractions you suddenly have to connect with with the present moment in a really mindful meaningful way you will more than likely Become more aware of the food that's on your plate, how it tastes, how long or not it's taking you to eat it. You might become aware of the fact that you haven't drank any water. But if you're sharing a meal with someone, you're also going to become more aware of that person at the table and how maybe you can break the silence or how comfortable you are in the silence or having conversations with them about their day. And it's a whole other experience. So mindfulness at its core is this practice of becoming connected with the present moment. But on the other side of that, a very important part of the practice is being able to bring this layer of self-awareness to when you are just moving through your day without any connection to the present moment, which is something that in today's highly technological world is very easy to do. It's very easy to move through a day just moving through your routines without any mindfulness. So bringing that layer of self-awareness when you can start to see all of the moments in the day when you don't show up with that mindfulness and starting to bring more mindfulness to it or starting to examine how you can connect to those actions a bit more is going to have incredible benefits for your brain, for your mood, and we'll dive into that a little bit more. But another part of this definition that I wanted to explore was this element of self-awareness 
which is really important in this relationship we are working on with ourselves. So we're really diving into this idea of relationships this month and the most important one that we're in is that relationship with ourselves. So mindfulness is also about acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and body sensations. What I'd like to add to that is without judgment. So simply acknowledging your feelings, simply acknowledging the sensations in your body, simply bringing this energy of mindfulness, this awareness to yourself in a moment where you are maybe feeling uncomfortable, maybe facing a challenge, maybe you've made a mistake, maybe you're not having a great day, showing up with that mindfulness and that self-awareness and starting to just become aware of your feelings and the thoughts that you're having and the sensations that you're feeling in your body. And the more you practice that, the more comfortable you're going to be at kind of zooming out of those feelings and sensations and starting to develop this sense of curiosity where you can ask yourself why and you can dig a little deeper in self-reflection to help move yourself from maybe problem-focused thinking into solution-oriented thinking. As a whole, mindfulness is about connecting with the present moment and being able to acknowledge or be aware of what you are feeling, what you are thinking, and what you are experiencing in that moment. I've given a lot of examples of how we can bring that to challenging moments, but if you're not experienced practicing mindfulness, I would actually suggest you start to bring this concept of mindfulness, this practice of mindfulness to joyful moments in your life first and start to bring that awareness to your feelings, thoughts, and body sensations in joyful moments or positive experiences that you're having so you can start to develop the practice or build your mindfulness muscle in moments where it's easier to be mindful and self-aware and it's more comfortable to connect with yourself and do that self-exploration so that you can build up the confidence of the practice and bring it to more difficult emotions and feelings when you need. So we've looked at what mindfulness is, but then you might be asking, well, what is the benefit of this? Why do I need to become more mindful of what I'm doing when I'm doing it and how I'm feeling? What are the benefits of mindfulness? So Harvard Business Review have an amazing little mini book on the topic of mindfulness that I bought good fears that go now. And it's one of those books that's on my shelf that is a continuous reference for me because there is so much packed into this little book. And I have linked it in the show notes if you want to go and grab yourself a copy and really dive deeper into the concept of mindfulness. So let's look at some of the benefits that were listed that come from practicing mindfulness. So first of all, studies reveal that by practicing mindfulness, we can reduce stress, unlock creativity, and boost performance. I mean, that just in and of itself is, to me, such a great reason to start practicing mindfulness and start becoming curious about the practice of mindfulness. First of all, to reduce stress. So many of us are so stressed today. And again, this links back to the fact that many of us move through our days 
looking at screens, looking at our phones, not being able to disconnect from work, not being able to switch off. And bringing this element of mindfulness allows us to do that disconnecting and that that switching off. And that in turn will help us reduce our stress. It can also help unlock creativity by encouraging us to really be present in activities that we're doing. And equally, it can boost our performance. So whether that's work-related, career-related, goal-related, or just personal development-related, showing up with mindfulness to whatever you're working on in your life can help you come up with creative solutions and perform better. Other benefits of mindfulness include increased focus or attention span, um, better memory. So if you are mindfully present in an activity that you're doing, you're going to remember more of what you've done after you finished. It can also help you become more aware of opportunities as they present themselves, as well as being able to avert potential problems before they arise. Because again, it helps us lock into that solution-oriented thinking versus that problem-focused thinking. So we start to see opportunities, we start to see creative solutions, we start to see potential issues that might come up before they even happen because it's unlocking all of that wonderful creative thinking and it's getting our brains flowing in a really different way because we are very connected and present in what we are doing. You also form better social connections because you have more positive experiences with people and they have positive experiences with you because you are mindfully engaged in your social connection. So you are actually connecting with people, you're present in the moment. And we know when we do a little bit of reflection on experiences that we've had connecting with people, um, thinking back to conversations you might've had that will stick out in your memory as someone who was really engaged with you in the moment versus a conversation you might've had with someone who had their phone in their hand and they were on the edge trying to get away from the conversation as quickly as they could. That does not form a positive social connection. Whereas when we can start to bring this mindfulness practice to our social experiences, we form much deeper connections with people and they form them with us as well because we are present in the moment that we are with them. It also reduces procrastination because we are fully present when we decide to take on a task and know why we're doing it. So it really connects us with that clarity, that sense of purpose, And it just, I mean, it does so much for you when you can get out of your own head and into the now. So as a concept, mindfulness jumps off the page as something very simple. But when we look at the studies that have been done around it and the the benefits that we have seen come from this practice of mindfulness, it's such a powerful tool to have in our self-care kit. For the second year in a row, I am running a free self-love workshop for Valentine's Day designed to help you celebrate and strengthen the most important relationship in your life, the one you have with yourself. This year, the focus of the workshop will be on the topic of self-confidence and how we can support ourselves to keep showing up for ourselves and our goals and our values, even on those low confidence days 
when we feel those uncomfortable feelings and we're facing some of those biggest challenges that are going to come our way this year. We'll also explore self-care ideas for boosting our self-image and how we can use journaling to help us rewrite some of those unhelpful narratives that we hold about ourselves. This is going to be a jam-packed one-hour workshop and it is completely free to sign up for and attend. If you want to join me on Zoom on Monday the 13th of February for some feel-good self-love talk, then head on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash valentines or use the link in the show notes to register for free now. I can't wait to see you there and to do lots of lovely work to help you feel good about yourself and the relationship that you have with yourself this Valentine's Day. So we've looked at what mindfulness is and we've looked at some of the benefits that it can have for us in all of the different areas of our lives. But today I want to really bring our focus into how we can use mindfulness to become more self-aware and how we can use that self-awareness to deepen our relationship with self and stay connected to all that clarity and goal-setting work that we did at the start of the year and all through January. So what I'd like to explore with you today is how we can use mindfulness to help us move through those negative thought patterns and those uncomfortable feelings. I have done an episode on this in the past where we looked at how we can use journaling to move us through negative thought patterns or to rewrite our own internal narrative to help us process things in a different way. But mindfulness as a tool, yes, it can be applied to journaling, but where it's really beneficial is that obviously the more that we practice it, the more we can bring it quickly as a tool to any situation. So we don't have to go and grab our journal. We don't have to necessarily go and find a quiet room by ourselves. We may in the beginning when we're learning to practice it, but the more we practice the mindfulness, the more it becomes a quick tool that we can bring out from our self-care kit in the safe space of our own mind to connect with the present moment, to become aware of what we're feeling, and to use that information to help us come back to a solution-focused mindset rather than getting hooked in by negative thoughts and ending up in a negative spiral, which we know is not helpful thought patterns. It's not avoidable thought patterns either. We need to bring that level of self-compassion to all of this that we're talking about today and understand that we are going to have those negative thought patterns. We are going to have those spirals. We are going to have those uncomfortable feelings and those uncomfortable days where we get caught up inside in our own head with our own voice telling us we can't do things, telling us there is no way out of this, there's no positive solution, there's no good outcome to this. We're going to have those moments. But when we do, having this mindfulness tool in our kit can help us in any stage of that negative spiral go, wait a minute, this is not a helpful thought pattern. Let me bring out my mindfulness and reassess this and see if I can shift 
my mindset and move through these feelings and come back to a solution-focused mindset. So how can we use mindfulness to support ourselves in these moments to move through these negative thoughts and these uncomfortable feelings? So remembering that mindfulness is a practice of connecting with the present and calmly acknowledging your thoughts, feelings, and body sensations. That's at the core of everything that we're going to do. But let's break it down a bit more. What would that look like practically in a character building day in a challenging moment in a negative thought spiral what does that look like practically you know that I love actionable steps on this podcast you know that I love to give you a tool that you can take away and try and put into practice so let's break this down a little bit and examine how we can use mindfulness to bring a bit of self-awareness and self-compassion to that next negative thought spiral that we have. So step one is recognizing your patterns. So we've already said that mindfulness simply is about connecting with the present moment and acknowledging our thoughts, feelings, and body sensations. So obviously step one, in order to bring mindfulness to those uncomfortable feelings and those negative thoughts is to recognize that it's happening. Recognize that your thoughts have gone into this negative spiral and they've hooked you in. When you notice when you're being hooked in by your thoughts and feelings, which isn't always easy, we can start to bring the mindfulness to it. Yes, it's not always easy to recognize these spiraling thoughts in the moment. That's where the challenge is. That's where the practice part comes in. And that's why I said earlier in the episode to practice bringing these skills to positive experiences in your life first so that you've built up the muscle, as we say a little bit, and you've practiced using the tool in a situation where your mind is more open rather than hooked in. But when you have these negative thought patterns, the first step simply is that self-awareness of, oh, I'm spiraling a little bit here. And that can just be a split second. It's not easy to slow it down, but just that split second of self-awareness where you realize I'm not helping myself right now. My mind has gone into a negative spiral. I'm hooked in by these thought patterns. Now, if you're not very good at recognizing when that's happening, maybe you're someone who you have the negative spiral and it's not until after that you realize that you were in it, you can start to look for patterns in yourself. So often when we are in these negative thought spirals or we're having these uncomfortable feelings, our thoughts become much more rigid. They become much more closed. They become much more repetitive. We become problem focused instead of solution focused. So that means you're going to be having thoughts like this day is terrible. There's nothing good that can come from this. I'm really bad at my job. I'm no good. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. I'm not worthy of this. Everything I do doesn't work out. There's no point in me trying to move forward with this goal. All of the thoughts become closed and rigid. They're not growth mindset focused thoughts they're not solution focused your brain is not in a place where it's looking for well here's the problem what can I do next to help myself but rather it's in this very closed space of this is the end of where we can go this is a dead end we've made one mistake it's all over abandon ship that's the kind of thought patterns 
that you're going to be looking for. When you start to notice that you are saying these things to yourself that are closed, repetitive, they're not solution-oriented, you're not looking for a way out of the situation, rather you're just digging yourself this deeper hole, that's where you become aware. So you just recognize this is the pattern. Ah, I am having closed thoughts right now. I'm in problem-focused mindset instead of solution-oriented mindset. So what's the next thing? Step two, we've recognized our patterns. We recognize that our thoughts have hooked us in. We've recognized that we're in these uncomfortable feelings and this uncomfortable thought pattern. Step two, we're going to label our thoughts and feelings. So instead of leaning into these negative thought patterns and letting them further hook us in, we're going to try and look at them more objectively. And we're going to do that by simply naming them and acknowledging what's happening. So here comes the mindfulness in action. We've connected to the present moment by recognizing that we are hooked in by our thoughts and we're having these negative thought patterns. So the second part of that is, right, we've got to acknowledge what we are experiencing from a non-judgmental point of view. So we're just bringing a bit of objectivity to it and we're simply going to say it as it is. We're going to label it. So let's go back. We're having a character building day and our our mind is going, I'm terrible at my job. I'm going to get fired. I'm never going to progress in this career. So that's what our mind is thinking. So how do we label that and bring objectivity to it and put this mindfulness into action? So we're going to change what we are saying to ourselves and we're going to just simply bring in this labeling and we're going to say I am having the thought that I'm bad at my job and I'm feeling frustrated because I have made this mistake or I'm feeling this sensation in my body because something hasn't worked out. So it's like zooming out a little bit. The spiral is going in your mind and you're just going to start labeling it. I'm thinking this because I'm feeling that and I'm feeling that emotion as this sensation in my body. I'm having the thought that I'm not having a good day at my job. I'm feeling deflated. I'm feeling unconfident and I'm feeling this as a heavy sensation in my chest or I'm feeling this as my breathing is increased or my heart rate is increased. So looking at the thought, the emotion and the physical sensation in your body. So you're simply just going to start labeling everything. And what this does is it starts to unhook you from the negative thought patterns. It takes you out of the spiral and it brings you into the mindfulness. The labeling is the mindful action. You have to become self-aware and you have to switch your mind into a different rhythm to be able to, rather than just letting the thought happen, but rather look at what the thought is and start to label it. If you're new to this, grab your journal or grab a piece of paper or even pull out your phone and open the notes app and start to write it down. Start to look at what you are thinking and what you are feeling objectively and write it from this first person. I am thinking, I am feeling, I have this sensation in my body and make a list of it. Step three is acceptance. And in this section of the book, there's this incredible quote that is, the opposite of control is acceptance. And as a people pleaser and perfectionist in recovery, 
I love this quote. I may possibly frame this in my studio at home so that I can look at it regularly because I am such a control freak. I really go into this need to control when I'm in my uncomfortable feelings and in my uncomfortable thought patterns. My knee-jerk reaction is, what can I control? But the opposite of control is acceptance. And that's how we're going to move ourselves away from problem-focused thinking to solution-focused thinking. The opposite of control is acceptance. We have labeled our thoughts and feelings. We have become aware of what is happening in our mind and in our body. And now we're going to accept it and release it. We're going to take some deep breaths. We're going to allow this labeling process that we've done to slow down our thoughts, to slow down all of the body processes and we're really just gonna hit the brakes and come to a halt in this present moment. This is what I am experiencing. This is how it is. I'm gonna loosen my grip a little bit on this situation and stop trying to control how I'm feeling and rather accept that this is how I feel right now. So release the need to control what is happening. Step outside your own mind and ground yourself in the present moment. Ask yourself what is going on internally inside my mind, in my body, and also what is going on externally. So we've done really the internal bit. We've looked at the thought patterns. We've become aware of them. We've labeled them. So the next part of this acceptance is what is going on externally? What has triggered these thoughts and feelings? And that's when you can start to do a little bit of labeling work about what's happening around you right now in this moment. What is your colleague doing? What is happening in the room? And beginning to bring this curiosity to it around why is this situation triggering these thoughts? So instead of trying to push past the thoughts and feelings because very often when we are in those negative thought patterns well it's really closed and in some way like this is the end I am accepting that this is the end kind of thinking we're not really accepting the thoughts and feelings we're trying to push past them and rather we're just driving ourselves down this dead end of there's no way out of this the true acceptance the opposite of the control, as we've said, the true acceptance is going, this is what I'm feeling. This is what is happening. How can I bring solution-focused thinking to this? So once we've done all of that, we're really grounded in the present moment now. We've labeled our thoughts and feelings, and we've also labeled what's going on around us. We've brought this objectivity to it. We've slowed down our breathing. We've slowed down our heart rate. We've hopefully brought down a little bit of the stress levels. This is how we're feeling. We're not going to try and push past it, but what we are going to do is try and think of a supportive next step. I always talk about next steps. Anytime I give you some kind of tool that you can take away, what we're always working towards is what is the next step. This is what I'm feeling. It's okay to feel this way, but what am I going to do next? What can I take from this situation or what can I bring to this situation right now to help me move through these uncomfortable feelings? Step four is act from a place connected to your values. So in our episode with Laura Agulvy-Jones, who is a life and career coach, we talked a lot about this idea of 
connecting with our values and getting clarity. And here's where they become really helpful. When we're in our negative thought patterns, the way we bring ourselves back to that solution-focused thinking is by connecting with our values. What is important to me in life in general, not just right now? What is important to me? What are my values? For me, in the month of January, a value that I was bringing was the energy of ease. So in situations where I was stressed out, I needed to ask myself, what is important to me? What's important to me right now is that I'm approaching each day and each task with an energy of ease. Okay, if ease is my value and I'm feeling like this right now and I'm thinking like this right now and this is happening right now, how can I bring an energy of ease to this? And what would that mean for my next step? Think back to your word of the year. Maybe that's how you connect with your values. What is your word of the year this year? Mine is abundance. So if I'm having a stressful day at work, I can step back and I can connect with my feelings. I can acknowledge my thought patterns. I can label what's happening. I can release the need to control. And then I come back to my word of the year, abundance. That is the value and the energy I'm trying to bring to this year. So if I'm bringing this energy of abundance, what would that mean for this particular stressful situation? Do I need an abundance of joy right now? Do I need an abundance of calm? What is going to help me find a solution? Because these thought patterns are not. So what you need to do is connect to your values and that's deeply personal to you and it's deeply personal to the situation that you're in as well. You're going to have different values at work versus your personal life. You might have an overarching value of your word of year, but that will look different at work versus at home versus in your free time. And what you need to do is connect with the value and connect with the feeling and the energy of that value. And then how can you bring that to right now? And that's how you start to switch yourself into that solution-focused thinking. Instead of the negative thought pattern and the uncomfortable feelings and being so focused on this is what I'm feeling and there's no way out of this, we're then reconnecting with the feeling and the energy of that value. What does that feel like? When I'm feeling that way, what does that look like? Or what does that feel like in my body? And how could I bring an element of that to right now? And it may be as simple as realizing that in order to show up with your values and bring an element of what you want to feel to the right now, you need to step away from it. It may be that you need to remove yourself from your office for five minutes at work. It may be that you need to express a boundary to a colleague. You might just need to remove yourself from the situation and then dive further into that calm, that clarity and thinking, okay, what is the next step? What can I do right now? What's the next small right action that I can take to help me move closer to this feeling that I want to feel or this value or this energy that I want to bring to my life. Remember, it's not about closing that huge gap immediately. We talked about this when we were looking at goal setting. It's not about taking this huge leap over this gap, but rather small next steps. What's the next small right action that I can take to 
just close this gap slightly. Remember, you're not going to immediately remove yourself from those uncomfortable feelings. You're still going to feel them in your body, but you're bringing that self-awareness and that self-compassion and that acceptance to those feelings. They are with you. They are here. What you're trying to do is do one thing, one step forward. What's one thing you can do to move towards a solution versus staying here in the problem or in the mistake or in the challenge. And that's all you've got to do. One small step and then one more and then one more. And slowly, it may be an hour, it might be a day, it might be a week, but you're going to find that you move out of that negative thought spiral and out of that uncomfortable feeling and you start to feel confident, comfortable and solution oriented. So step one, recognize your thought patterns when they are happening recognize when your negative thoughts and uncomfortable feelings are hooking you in step two get objective label your thoughts label your emotions and label the body sensations that you feel step three accept that negative thoughts and uncomfortable feelings happen release your need to control what's happening and just be present in what's happening internally and externally. And step four, reconnect to your values and choose one small right action that you can take to help move you from where you are now to where you would like to be. So before we finish up today's episode, when I was prepping for this recording, I asked you on Instagram to share with me your mindfulness-related questions. And to finish up the episode, I'm going to share some of those questions and some answers to them. So the first question that came up, which I've seen before on Instagram when we have this mindfulness conversation is... Why can't I seem to switch off my mind when I try to meditate? This is a really great question about mindfulness and about meditation. I think there's a big misconception, as there are with many things that I talk about on this show, but I think there's a big misconception that meditation means that your mind is empty. But actually, meditation is a form of deepening your relationship with yourself. Furthermore, meditation is a practice. A practice means something that you do repeatedly, and the more that you do it, the better that you get at it. So this idea of being able to empty your mind when you do a meditation even if you do a guided meditation or you have a meditation teacher or you use a meditation app, it's like this idea of don't think of the pink elephant. If you go into meditation with this idea of I need to empty your mind, you ultimately will just start focusing on the fact that there are so many thoughts in your mind. The goal of mindfulness and meditation is to bring that self-awareness to it. We've already talked about that a lot in this episode. This idea that we can't switch off our thoughts or our feelings. We can't avoid negative thoughts or, or feelings. And when we're stressed, we can't stop that running of thoughts that goes through our mind immediately. Meditation and mindfulness are tools that we can bring to those moments to help 
slow down what's happening. So meditation focuses a lot on breathing and taking your mind inwards. It's not about emptying your mind, but rather about clearing it to remove some of the chaos, remove some of the busyness. And you do that by focusing inwards and bringing that mindfulness to your body, to the physical sensation of breathing. Does that mean as you are focusing on breathing in, holding, breathing out, pausing, that you're not going to have your to-do list running through your mind? Absolutely not, because it is a practice. The first time that you do meditation, you might walk away from it thinking, this has done absolutely nothing for me. But if you bring that layer of mindfulness, you might realize that, okay, it didn't empty my thoughts. I'm still thinking about my to-do list. I'm still thinking about that wash that I need to put on. And as soon as this guided meditation ends, I'm going to get up and do that. If you if you keep focusing on that and focusing on your frustration that you can't empty your mind, then you never will empty your mind. And you're also never going to bring the mindfulness to it of the fact that you are focusing on slowing down your breathing and more than likely, even if just slightly, you feel somewhat more calm leaving that meditation practice than you did before it. So if you're struggling with meditation as a mindfulness method, the first place to start is with some guided meditations. Try some guided meditations that really focus on breathing and just guiding you through breathing so that you can start to let your mind just think about breathing. Even though it's an automatic thing that you do, you bring the mindfulness to it and just the continuous thinking about your breath allows you to start to release some of those thoughts that are running through your mind. And if you are getting frustrated because they keep coming in, then we're going to bring that acceptance and that labeling that we talked about in this episode already so I'm having the thought that I need to put on the wash after I finish my meditation so when I'm finished my meditation that's what I'm going to do I'm going to accept that I'm having this thought and now I'm going to release it I'm going to release the need to control that thought coming into my mind and I'm going to come back to my breathing I am breathing in I'm holding for this count I'm breathing out. I'm holding for this count. Oh, there goes the to-do list again. I'm thinking about what I need to do. I'm feeling frustrated because I keep thinking about what I need to do. I accept that I feel frustrated and stressed right now. I release the need to control this feeling and I'm going to focus on my breath and you keep coming back to it. If you're someone with a very acted active mind you could also try a guided meditation that focuses on visualization I personally prefer this kind of meditation because I am someone who as soon as I start to meditate I'll go oh this is great I can sit here and think about everything that I need to do and I'm just going to run that on the loop in my mind so that I don't forget it that's what I do when I do a guided meditation. So the kind of meditation that works for me personally is a guided meditation that gives me a visualization to work on. So this might be something like visualizing yourself in a place and it will lead you through a narrative of a story or a journey that you're going to go on. And so you give your brain something to focus on and think about. Again, your shopping list might come in, your to-do list might go on this journey with you and that's okay because you bring that self-compassion to it and that 
acknowledgement of this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, I'm a bit frustrated with myself, but you keep coming back to that guided meditation and you keep doing your best to show up to the visualization. And so that can be helpful, especially when it's a story or a narrative that you take your mind through to help release the need to control those thoughts that are coming in. So if you are struggling with it, the more that you focus on the fact that you can't stop thinking about other things when you are meditating, more than likely, the more you are going to think about other things while you are meditating. So what you've got to do is bring the mindfulness, practice the steps that we work through in this episode, acknowledge the thought patterns that you're having, label them, connect with the present moment, and then bring yourself back as best you can to the practice that you are doing, whether that's focusing on your breathing, focusing on a visualization, or just focusing on the physical sensations that you feel in your body here and now. Second question, I loved this question as well. The second question was, is there types of mindfulness tools that are not slow and calming? This is an excellent question. So I hope that after listening to today's episode, you might already be thinking about this from a different perspective. But again, mindfulness doesn't have to be about slowing down and being calm or emptying your mind and just being still. Mindfulness is about bringing that self-awareness to the present moment and connecting with the now. And if you are someone with a busy, active mind, then the kind of mindfulness where you are trying to slow down and do nothing is not going to be helpful for you because what's going to happen is you're going to become understimulated and so your brain is going to start to look for things to keep you active to keep you entertained more than likely you're going to reach for your phone or you're going to try and do something else and then you're just going to disconnect from that mindfulness so what you want to do if you don't enjoy or you don't get anything from meditation or you don't get anything from these slow and calming activities. In fact, some people can find them quite frustrating and they can just increase those uncomfortable feelings. So if that's the experience that you're having, you can still connect with your breath. You can still bring an energy of mindfulness to activities where you are doing, where you are moving but you're just bringing that self-awareness. So a really good example of this is yoga. Again, there's a misconception that yoga needs to be slow, but there's lots of different types of yoga and some of them are really active. And why yoga is such a brilliant mindfulness practice is because built into the practice of yoga is this concept of mindfulness where you are taking your movement either with a breath in or a breath out. You are focusing on how your body feels. You are focusing on where you are putting your weight and your balance. And so you are moving and doing all of the time, but you are also conscious and mindful as you are moving and doing. And so it's really great if you are someone who has a busy, overactive mind because it gives you a set of actions to focus on that are very much connected with the present and the now. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be going to the gym, if you are someone who does weightlifting, if you are someone who has a specific workout routine, instead of just moving through that, bring an energy of mindfulness to it. So just connecting with how your body feels, 
how you are breathing, how your heart feels, how you prepare for the next activity, just being present in the actions that you are doing in that moment. If you are someone creative, any craft activity is a brilliant way to be mindful. So if it's anything that's intricate or requires a lot of your attention and focus, that is a mindful action. Mindfulness doesn't have to be slow, but mindfulness is a mindset that you bring to whatever you are doing. So whether that is going dancing and really being connected to the music and how that makes you feel, or whether that's going out with friends or meeting a group of friends for a coffee and just putting your phone away and being fully present in the conversation, in the room, in what you are feeling in your body, in how you are feeling emotionally, that is mindfulness. So it's bringing that concept of connecting with the present moment and becoming aware of your feelings, your emotions, your body sensations, and your thoughts to what you are doing and that can look like whatever feels good for you it doesn't have to be meditation it doesn't have to be slowing down it doesn't have to be journaling it can be whatever feels good for you but bringing that added layer of mindfulness Mindfulness is not a quick fix. As I've already said, it's a practice. Practicing mindfulness and bringing that self-awareness to your thought patterns doesn't mean that you'll never experience negative feelings again or never get hooked in by problem-focused thought patterns again. But what it does mean is that you develop that relationship of self-compassion with yourself so that when these thought patterns show up, whatever the situation might be, you're able to bring awareness to them and look at them from a place of compassion, curiosity, and self-awareness so you can start to move yourself through them, not away from them. This is not avoidance. We are moving through. We are accepting the feelings. We are accepting the thoughts, and we are starting to take small right actions to move through with self-compassion. It is impossible to avoid negative thoughts or uncomfortable feelings. So mindfulness can be a helpful tool in our self-care kit to help us fill back into ourselves and reconnect with our values and reconnect with our goals as a bigger picture for the year, as a bigger picture for the month or for the week or for right now, but to bring the energy of our values and the life that we want to be living to the challenges that we face and those uncomfortable feelings. So ultimately, we can move through those uncomfortable feelings and find our way towards something that feels good for us. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you enjoyed today's episode, let me know by leaving a review or rating this episode wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast streaming app so that you never miss out on new episodes. 
If you want to submit a question or a story for a future episode or add to our suggestion cup, you can do so by heading on over to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also reach out to me by finding the podcast on Instagram as at fillupyourcuppod and you can send me a DM with your questions, stories, or ideas for the show. Don't forget, you can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me you'll do one thing today that brings you joy.